Hey, hey, happy podcast day. <laughs> ben loves when I say that. It's Friday. It's podcast day is our favorite day. Um, we want to welcome you to the Citizens Advisory Podcast presented by the Citizens Advisory of Pennsylvania. I am Jess Stalnecker, Executive Director, and I'm joined with uh, my co-host, Ben Herring, Vice President. And we have a really special guest today um, named Jason Griffith, who is joining us at an opportune time, um, not only with recent support or Supreme Court decisions that came down, but um, also just this is the week of, you know, that we celebrate the birth of our country. And I think you're going to really love the conversation that we have today. Um, and I want to leave it to Ben to kind of give Jason his proper intro. Um, this is someone that uh, Ben has been friends with for a long time. So um, you want to take that away, Ben? Yes, thank you. And I'll do my best to give proper uh, justice to Mr. Griffith here. So I respect Jason a lot. Jason is a father and a husband. Uh, he was born in Jamaica, Queens, New York. And we're certainly going to talk about that today. Um, if you're listening, you would you would clearly understand that's not an easy place to grow up. And I think Jason's going to allude to some of that. Um, Jason is a success story, though. He has a bachelor's degree in economics, and he formerly worked for the IRS. He's no longer with the IRS. <laughs> um, uh, and prior to entering his new position, which we're going to leave undisclosed because we don't do that to people on this show. Okay, We know there's some crazy people out there. They don't need to know what we do, where we live, all that good stuff. Uh, Jason, like many of us, has become activated by the country's polarization over the last three years, um, which is kind of the reason that why we at the Citizens Advisory of Pennsylvania were born, uh, for many of those reasons. Um, and since he's became a dad, uh, I don't want to speak for you, Jason, but I'd say you you kind of became awakened to this push to alienate parents from their children's decision making, i.e., you know, parental choice is kind of being attacked right now. And I think you've seen that uh, firsthand. And before we get into the questions for you today, um, is there anything else you want to add in about yourself or? No, let's get right into it, Ben. All know. right. Good deal. Excellent. All right. So um, we're going to interview Jason because I think Jason's, you know, life so far and, and, you know, his he's got a really unique experience in my estimation. So I think it's really um, good and I think hearing from him on some of these issues and hearing about the way he was raised and, and all that good stuff is extremely important uh, to bring in really, you know, viewpoints from from all over um, the area, you know, to talk about. So first off, Jason, tell us, I mean, you were born in, you know, I think, what would you say, Southside, Jamaica, Queens, New York City? Absolutely. Yep. Well, my, my house is actually two uh, blocks away from Nicki Minaj. So just a fun fact about me. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Go ahead. My family was extremely poor, and I didn't know it at the time. I was very naive. Um, there was days where I didn't eat, and I thought a lot of kids just didn't eat those days. So it, it was definitely challenging growing up in New York, especially when um, my particular family, you know, I didn't have my, my dad died. My dad served in the National Guard, and he had meningitis, so he died. And my grandma was raising me by herself and my kid, uh, not my kids, and my uh, sister's. And it, it was just hard because she didn't make a lot of money and to feed us and my sisters and she had her own kids on top of that. It, it was really hard. New York, though, was also a good place for me to grow up because it taught me a lot. Um, I was able to go from after school, I'd hop on the bus, able to go to Manhattan. I had such a diverse friend group as well. So 
I had I was friends with white people, I was friends with Asian people, Indian people. We'd all hop on the bus, we go to Manhattan, get food. I, I think that experience is very unique because a lot of places don't have the very um expansive New York transit system where I could just go anywhere in New York City and have a good time. So good and bad with New York. Good and bad. Yeah, that sounds really, I mean, I couldn't even imagine that for my kids, but um, that sounds like a really, yeah, a unique upbringing. And um, I, my question, I'm curious because this is kind of where we're going with this conversation, but did you notice even growing up, like, and maybe now you would have to look back um, because you probably didn't recognize it then, but did you notice that like progressive ideology was prevalent or did people seem like more common sense? What would you say? People definitely, and I can look back on it now because if I'm being honest, I was one of those progressives. I was one of, you know, um, my aunt used to have this saying, vote blue no matter who. So we, it was democratic, oh, sorry, not democratic policies. It was progressive policies all the time. And, you know, it, it was very, at the time, I, I didn't really see it. I didn't see a problem with it because I was living there. And, you know, I remember I was I was going down the block and I was talking to these guys on, down the block. They were staying at the corner store and we got into it because I got a new job and we got into it. And we was just, oh, you got a new job. And I was like, oh, yeah, when are you going to get a job? And then he was like, oh, you know, the white people, they keep me down. I can't can't get a job. And at the time, I didn't know what that meant. Cause I was like, well, I'm 16. I got a job. Why? 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 Why don't you have a job? But he, a lot of times I would hear about, you know, white people are, you know, this and that, and they do this and that, and you got to stay away from that type of lifestyle. And then they don't have your best interest in mind. So I was, you know, I was very cautious when I was around white people. I was very cautious. I didn't trust them. And I didn't, and I feel like a lot of black people, especially where I'm from, feel the same way, like, you know. I don't really trust white people. I don't think white people have my best interests in mind. And I feel like that is preached, especially to me. I mean, that's all I knew. I thought, you know, yeah. I could tell one story real quick. Uh, I had a college teacher that was very progressive and he came in the room and he uh, introduced himself and he said, hey, um, you know, I'm very progressive. This is how I feel. And around college, when I started, you know, questioning life, like like any college student does, and I started questioning, hey, uh, you know, I, I don't know. He had this thing where um, he believed that we should, uh, illegal immigrants is fine. And we should just, illegal immigrants should vote and everything like that. My grandma came here as a legal immigrant. So I directly challenged that in a paper. And I was like, you know, my grandma came here the right way. And um, I don't think we should just open borders for everybody to come here and economically, that doesn't make sense. I failed that class. <laughs> I failed that class. I got an F on that paper. And that's when I knew that, hey, even if I feel like this, I cannot say these things in while I'm in school. I have to just blend in. And that's how I did for the rest of my college career. Wow. So Jason, what I'm very curious on this one. What do you think perpetuates that kind of mindset in a city like New York City? I mean, you know, is it is it the fact and, and we're really going to go down the road too? I think resource wise, you know, I'm actually going to perhaps agree with some administrative decisions that have happened over the last 16 years 
Do you think that folks in the cities don't have the resources such as, you know, getting on a cell phone to check the internet or, or going to a website or a newspaper or something like that? Like how, how do they get truly educated on what America is and not, you know, just being fed this line of BS that there's just perpetual racism everywhere? That's a good point you bring up. I think New York has tons of resources like that. Now, do I, I was in New York. So when I'm in New York, I, I didn't think of it any way until I left. A lot of people, because of the transit system, they don't leave New York. I've, I've met a lot of people that have only been in New York. That's all they know. Progressive ideology is all they know. I And that's all I knew until I left. So really, I think it comes down to expanding your experiences. Get out of New York. Vacationing out of New York. See how other people live. See, like, hey, well, this neighborhood it's not bad. And this neighborhood is okay. Why is my neighborhood like this? Why are people, hey, um, why are people saying that this group of people is bad? And I've had good experiences them when I left. So again, I, I do think the resources are there. But when you're in it, it's like you're brainwashed. I don't think that you know you're in this environment that is potentially not um, safe. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did we lose you, Ben? It almost sounds just like a social contagion slash echo chamber, you know, on steroids. Yes. Sorry, it almost seems like a social contagion slash, you know, echo chamber on steroids, right? Crazy. Um, so, Jason, what made you leave the city? What, what made you go? So one day I'm coming home from school and this contract is in my house and they are fixing up everything. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting a new room and. This, that, and next. And around this time, I knew we wasn't rich. So I'm like, how's the whole house being upgraded? So my grandma at that point had dementia. And people came to her door. They would knock on the door and say, hey, we could fix up this whole house. No down payment. You don't got to pay anything. And she was oh, that's great. So that's what she did. And what did that lead to? A year later, my grandma ended up, unfortunately, she passed away. I was still in school. I couldn't pay the house. Nobody in that, nobody in my family could pay for that refinancing. But that's what it turned out to be. And unfortunately, we we ended up losing our childhood home, which it, it, that really hurt. You know, my grandma left that house to us in the deed to me and my two sisters, and it's gone. And sometimes I, I go past it, and I can't even go down that block anymore. That's my childhood home, and it is. It's it's devastating. That's that's what made me leave in the first place. So it, it it's the house. Unfortunately, I couldn't I couldn't pay for that house to get it back. But did you move out of the city what, at that point, or did you like did you move to a different location around the city? Or so after that point, I went up and I had a girlfriend at the time who I'm still with. So I moved in with her and I moved to Middletown, and that's when I really started Middletown, New York. And that's when I really started seeing that things are really different outside of the city. I noticed, wanted to notice, um, I was in the elevator with, um, you know, a white person. And, you know, I'm hesitant already. And they said, hey, how you doing? And I said, no, I'm good. And, you know, and then he was like, oh, how do you like it here? Because he knew I moved in. And I was like, oh. and I'm still like, he's still talking to me? What's, why is he still talking to me? And I he's and then I tell him, you know, it's nice here, it's nice. He's like, yeah, you should come around. You know, we'd love to have you uh, come in and welcome me into the community. And I'm like, 
what is this? <laughs> why are you doing, why are you being so nice to me? I, I don't know nothing about this. Why people being nice to me? I, I don't know what's going on here. And then as I started being Milltown more, Milltown is more rural. I'm going out and I'm seeing that things are very different than what I was told as a kid. And people are not so angry and out to get me. And there's no agenda for me to fail. And I was like, oh my goodness. That's How so did I not see that in New York? It is so interesting, Jason, that you had the wherewithal though to actually realize that. Because I think that a lot of people might you know, leave the city and go into a different area, but still maintain or hold on to those beliefs or those core, like, you know, this is how I was brought up and, and maybe even still think, you know, well, I still can't really trust anyone. Um, but good for you for like really having the wherewithal to be able to say like, no, like this is really not what I was, what I was taught. This is so much different than I had thought. So, um, that's really, really interesting. Absolutely. Um, so like, let's kind of fast forward um, to where we are now. And like the last three years, we, I, I feel like I've never heard more about race and uh, gender and all these things than I have in the last three years, um, you know, starting with uh, the George Floyd, you know, situation and all of those things. I think it just kind of like, you know, snowballed into this new age where all we talk about is skin color and everything, you know, the, the jobs that you get and, you know, your position in society is all based on whatever color skin you have. So, um, what for you, like, do you feel really activated you as we like to term it, as we like to say, what activated you to really start thinking or acting differently in terms of, um, the last three years? So for me, especially the last year, the birth of my son really woke me up and really I started paying attention to politics. But for the last three years, there was always stuff I didn't like, like George Floyd in particular. I, I didn't like how the media was just trying to push white people and black people at each other. I never liked that. And I never thought it was the right thing to do. For And there was a period of time, maybe since Trayvon Martin, up until George Floyd and still continuing where it was just the only time you heard about anything, anytime you heard about police, it was a police killing a black man and unarmed black man. A lot of times it, it was, it was just pushing each other, pushing white people and black people at each other. And I, I never liked that at all. In the past year, it's been unfortunate for me. It's been the LGBT community has really made me, wake up because I have a young son. I do not want my son learning he can be any gender at age one or age two. I don't think I if I'm I'm gonna send my child to school, I want him to learn two plus two equals four. I want him to learn science. I'm not sending my school, I'm not sending my child there to learn anything you want to put on him at any um I'm trying to find a good word, but the point is, I, I'm not sending my child to school so he can learn about his, his gender. Let me teach my son his values and what I believe is good values. You don't have to do that for me. Teach my son math. Teach my son science. That has really, in the recent time, it's really bothered me. It really gets me upset 
uh, just this Pride this Pride Month especially has gotten me upset, and I don't understand how people are not seeing what's going on. I mean, at Pride Parade, there are grown men, grown men, stripping down and showing their body parts to kids. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying I have no problem with gay people or the LGBT community. No problem at all. I remember when they want to get married, I was go for it. I do have a problem when you are showing your body parts to kids because any other place you would have got arrested on the spot. Yes. You go to a park and you are naked and on a bicycle and you're showing your stuff or you have kink clothes on, you're going to get arrested. Why is it at Pride Parade? Why is that acceptable? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying all people there at Pride agree with that, but you have to denounce that. You have to say, leave. This is not a place for that. This is not a place for pedophiles to gather and and show this stuff to kids. So that that directly affects me because I'm not going to allow that. I'm not going to allow that at all. And I feel like if you allow that and you allow you expose your kid to that, personally, I think you're a failure as, as a parent because that that shouldn't happen. And that has really bothered me. Oh, amen, Jason. And let me add in real quick on that one too, Jess. Um, you know, I think it goes into this whole, you know, people love to use the, the the buzzword colorblind, people that actually truly believe in in being colorblind. You know, I respect those kind of people. And I think along that same line, too, like, I remember growing up, I lived for four years, I lived in New Jersey, and it was predominantly black kids around me, me and my brother. And I'll tell you what, if I messed with one of those kids in the neighborhood, the mom would have came out and whooped the living crap out of me. So there's no separation between the, the the skin color and the mom or the dad coming after you if you mess with their kids. You know what I mean? That goes across every spectrum we have. So I think this is a topic, and I truly hope that no matter what your your skin color is, like you see that exactly like you're saying, Jason. We as parents, we have an obligation. We brought these little boys and girls into this world, and we need to protect them. And I, I'm glad that you see it you know, in a common sense way, like most of us do. And it, it certainly should never be a racial issue whatsoever. I think people just need to wake up to that. Absolutely. Do you want to move into the um, kind of the curriculum and the ideology now that yeah. we're talking about parents, right, and and students and and young children, um, I think you know as we start to send our kids to school, like you said, right, we want to kind of um, we as parents. I mean, I know I do. I want them to be learning academic, you know, foundations at school. I want them to be learning, like you said, two plus two. I want them to be learning real science. Um, I, I taught real science, um, for 18 years, you know, so those are the things that I, I want my kids to learn. Um, instead we see a lot of this, you know, introduction of even racial curriculum, um, you know, critical race theory being introduced. Um, I just read an article, which is absolutely heartbreaking and disgusting that the national education association, the, the largest teachers union in the country has recommended that their teachers read uh, books on queer theory, theory and like all of this like very, very graphic um, gender ideology material. And it's disgusting. And it's it makes me so sad because 
for years, I had to pay dues to those unions. Um, so I'm just wondering, you know, have you looked into any of those like sort of divisive um, curricula or like materials that, you know, um, as a, as a, a person of color, as a, as a black dad, you know, like I've, I've seen a lot of, you know, um, school board meeting footage and they're like, you know, dad rips school board. What, you know, how do you feel about that kind of thing? That critical race theory, the, you know, queer theory, all that stuff kind of entering our schools little by little. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I, I used to see those videos of dad ripping uh, the school board. And I was like, I'd be that dad. Absolutely. <laughs> because I, I just don't, I don't think when I first heard about critical race theory, I was like, what is this? Why are we teaching this? This this is not kids shouldn't be taught to hate another or dislike another race or this is the this racist problem. This is what they did to you and they and they put you down. I don't want my son to I want my son to have some innocence in school. You know, I don't want him to go to school and be like, oh, white people or or this thing or or any type of bias against another. I don't I don't think that critical race theory and stuff should be even taught in school. Queer theory, I, I don't I don't understand queer theory at all. I don't know why that's taught in school at all. I was actually looking at a book where they was teaching in schools where they was taught was talking about touching a little uh they two boys were uh, touching each other. I'm like why does kid why do a, why does a kid need to learn this at all? Why the and you're teaching this and here's my real problem with this because you're teaching this to elementary middle school kids this is not being taught in um this is not well it is being taught but this is not being introduced in high school or a senior in high school and college you're teaching this to elementary school kids why does an elementary school kid need to learn that i used to go run around and play at the playground that's yeah. what that's what elementary school kids are doing you don't need to learn critical race theory and all these queer theories I know let, I personally let kids be kids, right? Let kids be kids. Let, let us kids be kids. Yeah. I don't understand why we're doing this. It's just another way to divide and create a racial divide in America. And we need to just stop it. I think everybody needs to come together and be like, hey, this is wrong. We shouldn't be teaching kids this. And I, I personally, I hate that stuff because I don't believe kids should learn that. Yeah. Absolutely. So Jason, um, and this is going to kind of go to the heart of where my confusion lies, to be honest with you, and I'm hoping you could help me understand better. But 70% of Black registered voters said they would vote for or were leaning to vote for um, Democratic U.S. House candidates. Um, this was back in 2020. Another 24% were either unsure or said they would back a different candidate. And just 6% of Black registered voters said they would back the Republican candidate in the in a race for any of the house you know the u.s house seats um i bring this up because this congress just passed the parental rights act and in that act it talked about everything we're talking about tonight which is or you know if if curriculums come to the school the parents should have the right to review the curriculum if there's some insane policy where they're trying to hide the perceived gender of some student from the parent that would be thrown away you know what I mean? This is the, it's, it's a true parental rights bill that protects the rights of the parent of the child. And it passed the House of Representatives, but it did so on strict party lines. And this is what literally confuses me. Uh, 213 Republicans voted yes, 
all 208 Democrats in the House of Representatives voted no. And as I just said in that Pew Research um, survey, 70% of Black registers, registered voters said they would vote for a Democrat. So how is there such a divide between parental rights and what seems to be, and I don't listen to polling like it's, you know, it, it, it is what it is, but just reading that statistic alone, it seems like Blacks are more favored towards Democrats, which we all know, but they're not for parental rights. So how do you square those two together? Well, I think it goes back to my my old aunts telling me, vote blue no matter who. So, you know, I think Black people, again, as, I'm not going to speak for all Black people. My personal experience and the experiences of Black people around me, uh, you know, no matter what, you have to vote for the Democratic Party. So if this is what the Democratic Party is going to stand for, then I stand for it as well. Um, I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think it's what needs to be how you should vote, but that's what's going on. I think also, um, let's be let's be honest here, um, Black Americans make the least amount of money out of all the ethnicity groups, right? And um, uh, Democratic parties always offer some type of money or type of assistance or some type of welfare program that, you know, maybe the other side is not, is not going to offer and say, you know, we're, we're not going to give you free money just to do nothing. I knew a lot of people in my neighborhood that never worked but owned houses. And I never understood that because I worked. I was working from 16. But they, they never worked in their own houses. And they would say, you know, white people are bad. And I, I can't I can't do anything else. There are generations of Black Americans living in projects. What is that? You know, but again, we're stuck. We're stuck in this loop where it's just, if I want to stay here in this project, okay, I could stay here if I vote uh, a certain way. If I don't vote this way, I might lose where I live. And I, how am I going to take care of my family? So I think a lot of it comes down to welfare. We're on the bottom. We don't make a lot. And I'm not even going to care about parental rights and stuff like that because I need to just take care of myself and I need to take, make sure I'm okay. And what, what, do, what, what, what do I believe makes me okay is voting blue no matter who. And that, that's, that's the only thing that I care about. I don't care about what is, and I don't even think we are actually researching the topics because I think if you really talk about this with people, I think a lot of people would disagree. Like this is nonsense, but again, like how I was brainwashed and like you know, yeah, Republican people are bad. I I don't think that. I don't think nobody's bad or what side makes you bad. But I think that's why a lot of Black Americans vote Democratic. And one one more quick thing. Um, I think I don't know if you guys remember the election where Hillary Clinton was nay-naying and whipping on stage, stuff like that. I think it's just it's just horrible. I I saw that and I was embarrassed. I turned the TV off. I but that's that's my experience. Maybe a lot of other Black Americans saw that and be like, oh wow, that's cool. She's doing black dances, you know. It's disrespectful. Regardless of yeah, I I I was embarrassed. Regardless though of her policies or anything that she believed in, she can nay nay and she can whip right. So I think that's that comes into a part of it too. What, What it's like hijacking Black culture just for your gain yes. and i think that happens a lot and that's why i think a lot of black uh, black people vote democratic 
Yeah, I mean, I mean you, I think, you could be blatantly racist like Joe Biden. I mean, he came, he, look what he did with the, uh, you know, the crime bill of 1994 that put more black Americans in jail than, than ever before. I think you can literally be like, you know, institutionally racist and still get away with it. Like you're saying, Jason, you, you bring up a lot of good points today. You just have to have a D next to your name and, and it makes it all okay because that makes it all okay. Yep. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Jessica. No, I was just going to say that I think that, you know, it's sort of part of the, part of the um, progressive plan is to keep people dependent on the government, right? So that's why, you know, these people are stuck where they're at, so to speak. Now, someone like you who has moved out of the city, who has become successful, you've become a father, you kind of are breaking the generational, um, you know, streak of of being in a city and and you know living in a in a tough neighborhood. Um, like to me, that is the American dream, right? That no matter where you start, you could work your way out and you could work your way up and you can have a good life, right? That is the American dream. And yet, so many people are so dependent and they feel so dependent on the government that they are afraid to vote any other way. And I think that that's really sad. Um, and I also, and I, I just kind of want to, I know this isn't, you know, we we kind of have an outline here and I know this isn't part of the outline, but we had a little side discussion before we started recording. And I thought it was super powerful because, you know, this is the week that we celebrate Independence Day and we celebrate the 4th of July. And I don't think I've ever seen more media um, that questions our celebration of our, our love for our country as I have this year. And I, it makes me so sad. And um, so I would love, Jason, if you would just share your experience this week that you had, because it just seems like almost meant to be that we talk about this. I think it's timely. And I think that it's important um, because I know that we're teaching our kids to be really proud of where they come from and this country that they get to grow up in, um, where a lot of countries don't have the freedom that we have. Absolutely. So this weekend, I went down to Lowe's and I was looking at American flags for J July 4th. I wanted to get an American flag. My house has a, a stand for the flagpole. So I wanted to get an American flag. You know, I, I love this country, so I have no problem putting up an American flag. And a man approached me. He was a black man. And he was like, oh, you're looking at those things. And I said, yeah, you know, I want to get a flag. And it's a little expensive, but I'd like to get a flag. And the man was like, oh, you support that? And I was like, yeah, I, I love this country. I, I have no problem with this country. And he was he looked very disgusted at me that I would even say something like that, that I, I even, I'm a black man and I support America. And I think the media has a lot to do with that. I think Colin Kaepernick had a lot to do with that. I, like you said, if I was born somewhere else in the world, could I even be doing a podcast? Could I even have anything? America has made me, like you said, I came from a poor neighborhood, a poor family, and I am successful now. I have I'm, I have a family. I have a house. I'm very happy to be American. I, I think, though, a lot of Black Americans and the narrative that the media, media pushes, being American is not um, welcome. You know, being American is, is looked down upon. 
And I've always questioned that, even as a kid. I'd be like, you, you go to other countries, you go to Brazil, you go to Colombia, they're going to wave the Brazilian flag. They're going to wave the Colombian flag. If someone has an American flag on their house, they're racist. And I never got that. If someone has an American flag on a pickup truck, they're racist. Stay away from them. Never understood that. I'm not, I don't agree with any of those policies. I should be able to put my American flag up and not be judged for it because I'm in America and I love the country. And honestly, if you don't love the country, then I can really ask why you're here. Because I wouldn't stay in any place that I'm not, I don't feel safe or welcomed in. So personally, I'm going to, I don't understand that type of behavior. I, I 100% got my flag and it's on my house. <laughs> you know, we live in such a, a horrible country that the people that hate it so much still won't leave. You know, yes. That's, that's <laughs> how bad it is. You know, yeah. and I'll say this just to, to kind of, you know, recap what you're saying as well. You know, I served in the Marine Corps from 2003 to 2007, and I served along some of the greatest men um, only because it was an infantry battalion. And at that time, it was strictly men um, that. I've ever met in my entire life. And those men were white, black, Asian, Latino. I mean, you name it. it. It was everybody. And we did not care one bit. Some of my best friends were black. Some of my best friends in high school were black. My whole life, it is not, I've never, ever cared about the color of somebody's skin. That doesn't make you different whatsoever. You know, God created all of us equal. And that just makes you just have a different pigmentation of your skin. It has nothing to do with your character, what you can do, how you can serve your country in the Marine Corps in uniform. I mean, and that's something I, I truly, truly wish with young children, you know, that we all have that we can get back to and people can actually open their eyes and say, like, we need to just treat each other with respect, just based upon, again, Martin Luther King, it, it, not trying to be cheesy with going with one of the most, you know, known quotes of all time, but judge judge somebody by the content of their character, period. End of story. Nothing else should matter. And I truly hope we can get back to that, hopefully at some point. But unfortunately, if we continue to elect people into these positions, they're going to continue to perpetuate that work with the media. And that's what we're kind of hoping, you know, doesn't happen in the, in the near future. And it's kind of why we're Absolutely. here, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's kind of why we're recording a podcast like this, because I think it's really important to get that message out there. Um, oh, gosh, my alarm's going off. <laughs> um, you know, Jason, I love talking to you today. I think that this was such a good conversation. I don't know if you have anything you want to add before we close. Um, but I just want to say again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I had a great conversation as well. I do have one thing I, I want to add. I know we did a lot of race talking today, but I do want to, I do want to talk about that. You know, I don't hate anybody, you know, and unfortunately I feel like in my life, I had to realize, unlike Ben, I grew up a lot in a diverse um, community, but again, I still was hesitant towards white people. And unfortunately I had to learn that, you know, again, just judge people by the character and not by the color of their skin, and a, a little bit, a part of me feels bad about how I judged people in the past because I realized that was just completely wrong. And I'm glad I got to this point where I could see, you know, differently that, hey, don't don't judge anybody by their color. Don't judge anybody by that, even though that's how I was taught, especially in my family. Judge people by their character. And that's all you need to judge people by. You, you shouldn't judge people by their skin color. And I don't want to be judged by my skin color either. 
that's all I could I want to say. I appreciate you, brother. Love you, man. Glad you're on. Thank today. you, Ben. So good. So good, Jason. Um, so just to conclude, um, you can check us out on our website at citizensadvisorypa.com, on Facebook, and on Twitter, Citizens Advisory of PA. And if you love today's episode as much as we did, this was such a good conversation. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Um, and once again, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great weekend. Thank you for having me.